The Accidental Entrepreneur is produced by Beinhacker Law and brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors. One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. North Authentic, the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times when people come to me, it's because of that. They say, oh, geez, you know, this terrible thing happened to you. It's just happened to me. And I always say, you know, if you're a small and medium sized business, there is virtually nothing that that you've been through that I haven't, mostly because of that situation where I say I have more more guts than brains. Um, I, I will go and do those things. Um you know, uh, and, 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 you know, a, a lot of times I'll get people come coming to me and say, Oh, you know, this happened to me, to you, it's happened to me and I'm in trouble. I gotta, can you help me? Um, and that, that, you know, that's, that's sort of like, you know, this little mentoring that I do on the side when, when, when those things happen. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just a part of life. I, I would, I never it's tell people, you know, Hey, uh, go out there and fail because I don't wish failure on anybody. It's not right. fun. It's not, it's not a good feeling, but at the same time, um, when, when that does happen, I always turn around and say, look, you got to look at it as a, as a learning experience. You're going to get through this. Yeah. And, and, and you, you're going to do it better next time. What, you know, whatever it is, this situation will face you again, or you will see it down the road somewhere. Right, yeah, but you'll be more prepared to deal with that. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, my name is Sean Karami. I'm a serial entrepreneur, having started and managed more than a dozen businesses from the ground up, growing them to eight and nine figure revenue companies. In the process, I've managed thousands of employees, servicing tens of thousands of customers across a wide range of verticals, both in products and services. All right, Sean. So uh, thanks for joining me on a, well, actually it was warm and now it's freezing in New Jersey. I know you have, if people are watching this, although it, although it's a background, that is your pool, isn't it? That's your backyard, right? That's, that's, that's uh, my pool over there. And that's uh, our main office right there, that building nice. in the background. <laughs> nice. I, know, I could be jealous in New Jersey. 
Um, well, okay. it's very cold here too. Uh, it is? We, we, we may have hit we may have hit sixty five. Oh wow! I get out the fur coats. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, so let's we're going to tell your story today and share all of your experiences. I know you've run and grown and sold many companies. That's what this is all about. This uh, this podcast. So maybe we can go back to you know where you started, where you grew up, how you got started, your background, and then I don't know. Take me through the story. I'll ask you questions as we go. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay. So, you know, um, I guess uh, the other day someone asked me, um, you know, what, what did you do before you were an entrepreneur? Like, how, how did you get onto this? I said, well, before I was an entrepreneur, I was a little kid. You were a fetus. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was, I, and so, it, you know, it, 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 it's it's a little bit different than a lot of people, but, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go over it. You know, when I was a little kid, I grew up in Iran. Um, okay. And uh, my father had a construction company. Uh, he built roads and um, different buildings and bridges, you know, in developing countries. Are we talking like, like back before the Ayatollah, like when the Shah ran the company? Yeah, country? when the yeah, Shah like ran the company, way back yeah. then. Yeah. So, so, you know, the hills, yeah, there was a lot of development though. You know, you, you had, you had all these, these uh, opportunities for companies to, to actually go and uh, construct all these different places because they're, they're literally building the roads from the North part of the country to the Southern part of the country and all those things. And so um, my father did a lot of that work. Um, And, and from a very early age, you know, today it might be not so safe for kids to go, you know, people may not think of it very, very highly, but my father from a very early age took me to construction sites. And for a little kid, you know, you're, you're a little boy and you're, you're hanging out at these places and you're climbing, uh, you know, big giant bulldozers and, uh, you know, playing around with them. That was, you know, something that was that got me really jazzed about about what my father did, really. And the entire time from that age on, my thought was, hey, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. When I grow up, I'm going to I'm going to have my own construction company. I'm going to do these cool things that my dad is doing. Yeah. Um, the Iranian Revolution. Did he own a small construction company or was he a worker? No, no. My dad actually owned the company. They did. Uh, okay. he, he, he had partners. They're, they're, they're a, a, a small group of guys that owned this company. Um, so yeah, so he was an entrepreneur himself. And, and so I was just thinking, you know, this is really cool stuff. That's what I'm going to end up doing. Um, the Iranian revolution happened and, um, my dad decided that it wasn't safe uh, for us and particularly me, um, to remain in the country, uh, due to various factors there. And, uh, he made the sacrifice of, of immigrating to the U S, um, he was never really able to, you know, recreate his business. I mean, if you might imagine, as a forty-five or fifty-year-old, you're you're you move to an entirely new country, entirely new everything, system, everything. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a totally different world. Uh, but but he did manage to get his hands on on um, a couple of small income properties, uh, which he was um, not very good at managing. Um, and so what, what, you know, in, in those days, uh, the, the, the professional management that was out there was, was more geared toward larger property owners. Right. So my, my dad being kind of a small guy, uh, that didn't really make sense for him. Right. And at the time, um, uh, personal computers were just getting into homes. Um, right. so I, I, I'd gotten a personal computer and, um, I, I decided, you know, totally by accident. Right. Uh, right. even though I, I always thought I was going to do my own thing, I'm going to get into this construction world and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but at that moment, 
it was only just trying to help my dad. I said, you know, this, this thing's not going that well for him as it's a struggle. What can I do? And I had this computer and I could, you know, put together a, a kind of a basic database program and, and use and this that is what, early eighties. This is Late probably um, 84, 85, yeah, okay, 80, right around somewhere in there. Yeah. And so, so I'm, you know, I'm, I I got into my dad's business and I started helping manage this thing and, and and things took off and my dad pretty quickly told me, hey, you know what? I have friends that are in the same boat. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I got introduced to his friends and it, it sort of took off from there completely right. by accident. And those were like green screen, blinking cursors, five and a quarter inch floppy <laughs> disks, right? It was Probably had it, like 3K on them. There was nothing you could do. I had literally two <laughs> megabytes. I mean, this for in today's the whole world, computer, right? Two megabytes of memory. That was it. That was yeah. everything that you could save on that thing, right? Right. Um, and so I, I, I helped out my dad. I helped out his friends. And, and it grew into a separate business from what my dad was doing, um, just sort of on its own because right. – you know, I had this sort of niche that was that was there. That, so that was, was it like niche. bookkeeping for property owners, or what were you? Thinking? It was it was bookkeeping, um, sort of managing the tenants, um, managing the vendors, um, creating um, uh, a marketing plan uh, because it, that was very difficult for small property owners uh, back got then. It. Or at least my 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 dad and and, and the group of customers I got. They right. certainly didn't see that the, the right. product out there, so you know they they were happy. Like to marketing for new tenants and stuff as tenants turned over, Correct. And things like that. Got it. Yeah, and 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 altogether, how how you deal with the tenants, how you uh, how you uh, you know um, maybe get rid of some of them, and and so, so I, had, I had this whole management system that I put together. Got it. Um, and and so that sort of grew, and it went from there. Um, it wasn't particularly what I wanted to do. It did involve some of that construction stuff that, that originally I was jazzed about, you know, to, to end the excitement. I never got into construction. I never ended up starting my construction company, but I did start my own companies as I went on. But before that happened, I was a firm believer, and maybe it was because my father did, you know, sort of instilled it in me, but I was a firm believer in formal education. Um, as time has gone on, I've, uh, I've figured out that that is not by any means a prerequisite to you succeeding no, as, a, as an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm a proponent of it also, but it yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to be successful no. with or without it. It's really not a factor. Yeah, it is. It is really not a factor, but I just love that kind of cramming information into, into my brain. Um, or maybe uh, I was just lazy and I love that uh, college life. Uh, but but I went I went in and I got a degree in mathematics. I got a degree in computer programming, which um, I felt would be important to to my life um, as it had been already. Right. Um, and then you guys were in. California, I, I backed though? into a degree in economics. Huh? You guys were in California. You set up in California, and you went to yep. school out there. Yep. Yep. Okay. I mean, went straight to LA and have lived in LA throughout. Um, okay. So. Um, so yeah, I, I backed into a degree in economics only because I'd taken so many electives uh, that that it was just easy to just take take the remaining courses and get the degree. Ended up getting a law degree. Um, I then got formal education in um, accounting, marketing, sales. Uh, but by formal education, I mean that I took substantial courses, but I never obtained a degree. Um, 
And throughout that time, I would do odd things, you know, like different, different types of things to make money, you know, um, selling things and, you know, just different things as a college student uh, that I was doing. But I, you know, my, my friends would come to me and my, my classmates and stuff would, would come to me and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into this industry and, and applying to this company or that company right. for, right. for um, you know, for a job. And it was just something that I never connected with. Um, yeah. uh, recently, you know, within the past year, I spoke to my wife about it. It's just something that occurred in my head. I said, you know, I've never done, um, I've never done a resume uh, ever. I've done bios, right? Yeah. I've never done a resume. I've never received a paycheck from a company that I haven't had ownership interest in. Well, that's a good um, thing you know? in my opinion. But it, it's, it's a good thing. And it's, it, you know, I always say everything is a gift and a curse, right? Right. Um, one thing is I've never been, I've never had a boss. I, I mean, we all have kind of bosses. I've had boards and I've had, uh, you know, capital sources and investors. To, right? Yeah. I, yeah. But I've never had a boss of that daily boss of, uh, you know, that, that can tell you, Hey, go do this and go do that. Or you I've never. Yeah, I've never been in the in the situation of 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 an employee of a lot of you know it, and it it's important when you manage employees I feel that you actually have walked in it, with anything you've walked in another person's shoes. Right. Um, it it helps you understand their perspective. And so over over the years I've spent a lot of time even though I've never actually been in that position trying to make sure that I have some level of perspective because yeah, sure. that's a big shortcoming if you if you don't if you don't realize it and it makes you in my mind not as good a manager uh when when you don't understand the perspective of the people you're managing right but again i've, I've never right? been in right. that yeah i've never been in that position it's like uh, undercover yeah. boss you know you got to go undercover to see what's <laughs> really going on yeah you know I, I went i i went through a lot of training actually i put myself through a lot of training to sort of say oh okay this is this is how they feel this is how someone feels when there's someone standing over them that can fire them exactly yeah. you know a lot of pressure um, but there's look as and uh, you don't have to obviously you go the employer route and you're, you're an entrepreneur. There's no requirement that says, oh, you got to be an employee first. But I think it's very important, like you said, to understand, to empathize with them because you will have blind spots and you'll make mistakes and you'll, you know, you'll do things that you think are good for the company, but really aren't, you know, uh, your employees really aren't on board. And at the end of the day, that is your company, you know, and then you've run into problems and you can't figure out why and people are in the wrong position and they're not happy and they don't tell you. Yep. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of work I've done over the years has been has been exactly that. Where where you have someone who's an entrepreneur, you go in and you say, "Well, wait a minute, who's here? What what kind of position do you have there?" And and so what you have is a lot of times there's this disconnect. Right. Um, there, there's frankly disconnect in in this fashion. You as a boss can be can be very onerous. Uh, you can come off very onerous to an employee, even though you yourself don't even feel like you've done anything wrong. Right. Um, you know, and so th there's a lot of those things that 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 you know uh, over the years they 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 come up. But I I I sort of never even thought about like working for anyone. I just sort of you know I said you know I'm 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 going to go do things on my own. Um, and with with every ev everything that I always started, I ended up starting other businesses at the same time. And the reason really was that 
my my entire perspective always was okay. So I I'm in this business, um, I, and, I'm, and I'm an assembly line kind of guy. You know, I, I have to look at processes, identify them, see how they run well, how to best run them, not to miss things, uh, to make them most efficient. Sure. So, but yeah. So I I would I would identify different processes. Um, and and I, and they would end up a lot of times being another business that I would start. For example, I started a medical records company um, uh, only because it was a process that that I noticed that was very inefficient, that was in in, in some level of need, and I said, you know, th- there's a way to do this better, and I I, I want to do this better. So I I actually formed a company like that, and then I ended up what what I ended up doing was marketing that same company to my competitors the same, same people in my industry people that that were you know on different in different parts of the industry like identifying different markets for uh, for it and, and a lot of times those businesses ended up doing much better than the original business that 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 got me That's you know funny. sort of keen to that to the, right, oh hey sure. you know this is a cool thing to do yeah, um, yeah, but it was it was always in the in the in the context of oh wait a minute there's a need here or there's there's some way that I can bring value to certain types of customers and certain sure. or certain types of people. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know? solve the problem. Now, do you remember when you graduated? So, and I I was the same way in college. I had little businesses. I was always doing something, you know, in the summers and in college. One time I got yeah. shut down because you weren't supposed to operate a business out of the dorm, you know, that type of stuff. But um, do you remember when you graduated what you did first? Cause you didn't go and get a job, right? I went on to right. law school, right? Directly to law school and then started working for law firms. What did you do when you graduated? What was your first kind of endeavor? Well, the, the first like major one that I, that I felt that, that I, um, you know, look at is, is actually starting a law firm. I went, I went and started okay. a law firm. So you went you straight know. to law school after college, like I did. Um, I, I actually break? took, took a year off. Okay. Um, I, I, um, did some work, uh, selling some supplements, uh, at that time, because actually I was a bodybuilder. There you go. Um, so, uh, you know, um, putting together different supplements, which I, I always found that industry to be interesting. And at the same time, uh, you know, there's a lot of hocus pocus in it, uh, yeah, yeah. where people claim something does something that it doesn't. Well, there's not uh, a lot of regulation, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. kinds of stuff. I've seen guys make all kinds of money and they get in trouble. Yeah. The, you know, they make one promise and they make two promises and they make five promises and make 10 promises. Then it's working well. So they make more <laughs> promises. Then it gets them in trouble. And that's a very multi-level marketing industry too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm pretty familiar with it too, but that, yeah, but that's a good way to make money when you're, you know, in college you're filling your time, whatever. So where'd you go to law school? You went out in California also? I went to Pepperdine. Yes. Oh, I, sure. I stayed mostly because, uh, at the, at the time, I also got involved in um, uh, some real estate work and also helping out my father at the time, and so I uh, going to school. I ended up yeah not not leaving um, staying local just because I had uh, business purposes. I had my father that I was helping, and so I in order to to have all of that stuff, I I kind of had to um, stay local. Um, so th- I actually did want to, uh, venture out some other places, but I, and I applied, uh, uh, to, to various schools, uh, but I ended up not, um, not going. So when you graduated, uh, then you started your own law practice. Cause I remember uh, coming out of law school, there was like a book floating around. It was like, how to start your own law practice. And everybody, everybody was like, start your own law. Pro- Who would do that? You go, you went to law school. Now you go get a job. Like nobody yeah. understood it till you're out in the street and you're like, this is terrible. I'm not working for people. I'm going to start my own law practice. That's exactly. Well, it, it's, a, it's a, 
it's a great, it, you know, it, it was something that did, didn't fit for me um, to, yeah. to, to go work for people. Um, same, same, same concept. I mean, you know, and then um, what I, what I wanted to do was I, I, I always, you know, I, I, I tell people the PG version of this, I have more guts than I have brains. Um, you know, so it was, it was not a hard call for me to go do those things. It still isn't. Um, right. And so what, what I would do is um, just decide, Hey, you know what, this sounds interesting to me. There's a need there. I can help these kinds of people. And it would just sort of start from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, and just go with, with what's interesting to me, what, what, what works for me mentally. Um, and then also there, there are things that I would get excited about just because I read about them uh, somehow. Maybe it could be a fiction book. It could be, it, it could like completely be not real. Right. Right. But, but I, it would get me excited well, about need, a certain right? type of industry. Well, I think also, don't you think bravery comes with experience? Like I think as you do it and you try it and maybe you fail a little bit, but it's not as daunting as you thought it was. And you know, it, it, you know, you didn't end your life when the business doesn't do that well. You pick your, your, you know, you pick up your trousers and you go on to the next thing. You find other opportunities. Yeah. I think not only do you get a little bit better at it, but you, you do get more resilient. I mean, you, you build up that resilience to the point where it doesn't scare you so much. Yeah, you know, I, I, I a lot of times people are used to, uh, you know, and, and you see this a lot. You know, I have family members who are used to get, getting a paycheck, and as soon as that yeah. paycheck is gone, immediately there's a panic. Right. That, that I never have had. Right. Because I've gone many, many months without ever receiving a paycheck. Right. right. I, I, and I and I sometimes tell people this story, you know, you I've, survived. I've had, you know? well, I've, yeah. And I've, I've had situations where I couldn't afford electricity. I've, yeah. I've, I remember a two Me week too. period of time where, where I would walk around my place with lanterns. I had I had Halloween lanterns that I had. I had nice. candles in. I'm not kidding. I still yeah, have well, a startup. You know, you got to you bootstrap your life. Look, I've been in situations where I was at partners. And let's say, you know, yeah, things are tough and times are going and whatever. And, you know, th their their mortgage is going to be, I'm talking like five days late. We're not talking a month late. We're not talking, you know, past the like they're going to get a foreclosure notice. We're talking five days late and they were panicking. Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm like, you're going to pay a late fee. That's what do you mean? What are you going to do? It's life. Yeah. You know? And it's like to me, it's like, well, you know, I. You know, you're just ma always managing cash flow, and to them, they were freaking out. You know, yeah. No, to this day, people people call me up, uh, like they'll say, "Oh, geez, this happened." Like, they'll have some personal financial issue, right. and they'll be like, "Oh, th these these things have happened. I got to figure this out." And it just to me is like, "Oh, okay, don't That's worry easy. about this. You'll get through this. Exactly. You'll get through this." You know, but being you know being your own boss and being in business is not for everyone. There's some people that no. just have to go and work for somebody because they can't deal with. Now, the ironic thing is they probably have less job security than you and I do because we have control of what we do. If our business takes a turn, we're ready to deal with it. They get laid off and maybe they get some severance to give them a running start. But for the most part, there's panic in their life. It's a, it, it's a, it, it, yeah, it ends up being a new job search. Uh, and yeah. I've seen, I've seen, you know, again, friends and family um, go through that. And it, it, it you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like how unhappy it makes them. I, a no, lot of times I try to try to, you know, give them comfort uh, by giving them some of my stories, you know, which include, by the way, aside from that electricity thing is, is times where I would count the number of miles I had to a certain to, to me meetings on a given days because of, of the gas, because, because of gas. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure. kidding. 
Right. I know. I've been. I just sit there and like, you know, today I sit there and go, wow. Oh, my God. Of course, you never think about that stuff. But, you know, even telling your friends and relatives, don't worry, it'll be this. I've been through this. It still only helps them so much because they're always like, well, you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You're successful. You've never been through this. And you have even more so than they realize. Yeah. It's a, you know, you know, I, I, I always, but it was always like these things that I would be interested in and I would just go, Oh, you know what? It'd be really cool to do that. You know, and, and, and you have a lot of situations where, Oh yeah, great. Some businesses, like I said, go to eight and nine figures of revenue. Other ones failed catastrophically. You know, I've had a horrible failures um, that, that, you know, I've had to deal with for for long periods of time that they, they just they weren't just a failure on one day. It's a failure that goes on and you have to deal with all the aftermath of it. Of course. And so all of that stuff has happened as well. Right. And, and, you know, but you learn a lot of, from. Yeah. Experiences. I won't call them failures. Let's call them you know, failures. a lot of times, a lot of times when people come to me, it's because of that. They say, oh, geez, you know, this terrible thing happened to you. It's just happened to me. And I always say, you know, if you're a small and medium sized business. There is virtually nothing that that you've been through that I haven't, mostly because of that situation where I say I have more more guts than brains. Um, I, I will go and do those things, um, you know, and 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 you know, a, a lot of times I'll get people come coming to me and saying, "Oh, you know, this happened to me to you. It's happened to me, and I'm in trouble. I gotta. Can you help me?" Um, and that, that you know, that's that's sort of. Like you know, this little mentoring that I do on the side when 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 those things happen, yeah. Um, but but it's just a part of life. I I would I never it's tell people you know, hey, uh, go out there and fail because I don't wish failure on anybody. It's not right. fun. It's not it's not a good feeling. But at the same time, um, when when that does happen, I always turn around and say, look, you got to look at it as a, as a learning experience. You're gonna get through this. Yeah. And 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 you you're gonna do it better next time. What you know, whatever it is, this situation will face you again, or you will see it down the road somewhere, right? Yeah, but you'll be more prepared to deal with it. I remember over the years, and I don't do it as much as I used to, a little bit now. I've been involved in all kinds of deals, you know, especially as the lawyer. Like I would come in, I do the work, and they said, "Here, we'll give you a piece and whatever." Sometimes invest or whatever. I remember I had somebody said to me, "Like, well, what do you do with your money?" And I go, "I would never let you do what I do with my money." <laughs> They're like, why? I said, because you won't sleep at night. You'll be bumping, <laughs> yeah. drive by your house at two o'clock in the morning. You'll be walking around the living room. You know, it's just <laughs> not, you know, some people are more bold, but you're right. I mean, people have those experiences and then they realize that there is another, you do come out of it. You do come over to the other side and for the most part. And, yeah. And, you know, and it does make you more resilient and it also makes you more creative, I think, to deal with situations when you see that, wow, I was able to deal with that. I was able to get that company uh, back on its feet or sold or liquidated or whatever and move on to the next venture. So what's what's like your core business right now? I know you have several companies and you're doing mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. What's your core business now? Well, what I say in, in, in one sentence, um, what we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses, SMBs, um, by education, consultation, and investment. What that really translates into yeah. And this is when you mentioned um, uh, I run a couple a number of businesses is that we sit there and we create joint joint ventures with uh, different companies huh. uh, and we actually work at opening up different sales channels, um, different ways of creating revenues 
Um, but we do it in a in a the sweet spot for us is is doing it in in the form of a partnership with a startup or an existing company. So we have actually, you know, I run several different companies. Some of them have been around for decades. Um, and, and we just sort of what we did was we created a new LLC and a new partnership together. And we said, okay, this is, you're going to be your consumer business. And you, you have this other business that you've been running for, for decades. That's fine. We're going to start this entire new thing with your brand. Okay. Um, or startups. Um, so uh, literally I'm waiting for, um, word from, um, uh, a, a, a venture that w- we're just starting that, um, that, that involves, a, that's a SaaS, um, uh, yep. a software as a, service, as, a, right? as a service. Um, and, and, you know, and they're brand new. So they, they actually just, you know, in the past number of months have put up various things, uh, including their website and they're, you know, they're ready to roll. And so we come in and we say, okay, these are the things that we're going to do. And we're going to sort of be a partner with you inside of this business. So we're more than investors. We're not, we don't like just being investors. I don't like being silent inside of something. Right. Yeah. So we're active partner. We actually sit there. We have ownership interests in in the venture that we we create. So that's our, our real sweet spot. We also do things like um, just coming in and t- saying, okay, look, we're gonna we're gonna create the, these these various sales channels for your company. Um, and what we like doing, uh, and this is something that's just always been the way I am. I like taking the risk with someone, but I want the reward for it too, well, right? Of course, that's so, why so, you get the reward. Right. So what I do is I say, you know what? I don't want a situation where you you're you're just handing me money for something that I'm doing every day uh, right. per hour or per 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 day or whatever. That that doesn't that that doesn't resonate with me. What I want is a piece of the benefit that I bring. Right. That 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 is important. And to to you as a business, that ends up being something of a value because you say, oh, you know what? I see what's coming in and that that company is taking a piece of what they're actually producing. Um, so I, I'm a net positive uh, for the business. Uh, and so we, we also do some level of, of that. Uh, but again, all of these things we do at, a, in, you know, it has to be the right fit. So for us, we sort of look at it as an application process is, is like, okay, is, does this work? Can we really bring the benefit that, that we, we want to, to this company? And if we can, we just say, no, that, that that's not going to work because we're not going to be able to bring you the value um, that, that we want to, um, uh, you know, we think is the right thing to do. So you're so, bringing like, let's say fractional services to them in the form of marketing and maybe accounting and maybe, uh, you know, admin and all that type of stuff. Yeah. In a particular, are there any industries that you work in? Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to get into podcasting? Maybe to market your business for your own enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets, and be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners. Care for your health, care for the planet, and look flippin' great doing it. 
North Authentic is a conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. Their pro stylists curate only the most fabulous non-toxic hair products with better-for-you shampoos, serums, masks, and more that actually give you gorgeous hair without hurting your health or the planet. Hey, you've only got one life, one planet, and one glorious mane. Might as well treat them all as best you can, right? Try a 100% clean hair care routine prescribed just for you using their link in the show notes. If you don't see a big, beautiful difference in how your hair looks and feels, you can tell them they're crazy. Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about findyourhealthyplace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAEPODCAST for all your purchases to get the best prices at findyourhealthyplace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Yeah, so what we do is, um, for example, we do a lot of work in the food and beverage industries. Uh I actually started a, a, a number of years ago, I started a small chain of restaurants, which, you know, Again, another one of those things that I just sort of started. <laughs> um, uh, that that chain is still around. I'm not involved okay. in it, but that's still that's still going. Right, well, that's they're, a good success story. So you sold it, or are you just not active with it? Sold it. Um, okay. Sold my interest in it. They they sort of went and and they're they're they keep creating and they're doing fantastic. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of sorry I did sell it, uh, <laughs> but but I just it was just too many things I was involved in at the time. Uh, but but uh, food and beverage and specifically uh, consumer products. Um, uh-huh. That go, uh, you know, in the food and beverage uh, industry. We also deal with apparel, um, uh, different, you know, and, and apparel is very broad because you could have all kinds of different things that have right. all kinds of different business models. Um, so these are all B two C mostly businesses, right? What we do is we will get involved with B two B businesses, but we develop them for we develop their B two C. Uh, avenues so their B2C channels. Uh, that's what we do. So it may be that you're a company that's that's a wholesaler that has a whole distributor network that you're getting your product out and, and you have some level of consumer awareness. What we do is we create a direct-to-consumer, um, uh, a direct-to-consumer channel or direct-to-consumer channels. Uh, so we, we create that relationship and put it together, everything from logistics all the way to the consumer's hands. Um, and I think in, so in today's world, store, it could be a virtual, an e-commerce site. It could be all those things. We do it all. We try to stay all online. Okay. Um, the physical store stuff is, is a little bit probably um, outside of our um, wheelhouse. Okay. Um, but what, what we like doing is, and, and in today's world, a lot of times I say, if you it's great to have a wholesale business. It's great to, that you have this distributor network, but having a, a, a direct to consumer um, relationship is uh, I think vital uh, and incredibly important. And you see it, all, all kinds of companies do it. They, they, their products may get out through a consumer network, 
Uh, I'm sorry, it's through a distributor network. Right, but they, but they also still have a right. direct relationship too. They have sure. so you can go buy a Nike shoe from Nike. I think right now I I, I haven't buy, I bought you a can Nike. Customize shoe. your shoes from Nike. I think there you go. Kinds of stuff, yeah. But you can also get them from from the various retailers that are out there sure. that that you know get their products. So same same type of concept. So we create that for companies for for companies not as large as, uh, as as Nike, obviously. So for small and medium-sized businesses. And the reason I, I specifically started doing it that way and, and yeah. being in business this way was something I told my wife a few years ago. I said, you know, I love that journey of, of starting from being employee one uh-huh. to to growing that into a medium-sized business. And what because to me, once a business reaches a certain size, yeah, there's yeah. so many stakeholders out there Um that one, that there's there's just a lot of stuff that has to happen in order for for the organization to move forward. You know, right. a lot of different it gets people more are difficult yes. to move. Yeah, move and at the slower, same time, you got more layers. It's more difficult. Yeah, yeah, and at the same time, the other the other side of it is, I think there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of incentive to keep the business alive. Right. Uh, meaning that these stakeholders are gonna are gonna do everything they can to make sure the business doesn't crash. And so I, I think a lot of there's a lot of challenge in growing that business from day one until it's it's a medium sized businesses business, right. and so that's something that particularly interests me. So we we keep ourselves limited to small and medium sized businesses, um, and and partnering up with them and helping them grow. Um, and there's a lot of interesting places where um, you see small business owners leave. Uh, money on the table, essentially, both in terms of, you know, and when I say money on the table, I mean, literal money on the table, and also in terms of the value they could bring their customers, right? Um, so, uh, you know, both they're not making enough, enough, uh, they're, they're leaving money on the, on the table in terms of getting revenues in, and also in terms of what they can do, all the benefits they can bring to their customers. So we want to because that they're hole. just so caught up with the day to day operations of the business and trying to make it that they don't see those opportunities that they don't realize that they're leaving money on the table? There's a lot of that. Absolutely. There's, there's also a lot of, if things are going really well in a certain way, right? Yeah. Comfortable. Then you right. keep, you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep yeah. doing it. Right. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. And they should be doing that. Right. But in today's world, for example, if you're just selling out of your website or if you're selling out of one store, you know, there's so much more you could be doing. There's so much, so many different ways you could be marketing your product you know, right. you could be selling it on Amazon. You could be selling it on Walmart. You could be right. selling it on Etsy. There's there's all of these different sales channels that you could be utilizing. There's all these different ways you could be marketing. Not everything's good for everyone, but but you need to be marketing in more than one way. That's of for course. sure. Well, what happens if you get shut down by a pandemic again, and you you you're not you know you're not resilient? Look at restaurants, right? Yeah, Some restaurants just literally had no other option. They had no no website. They had no app. They had no delivery system. They just had to shut down, and then it became difficult. Some of them responded very quickly. Yeah, I think and, and I, is the word nowadays. And I and I bring that up with people actually is is restaurants and the pandemic businesses that were heavily affected in in a in an unprecedented way, like in a way that none of us in our lifetimes have ever seen. Right. And and, and immediately, immediately without well, any that was warning, the problem right it was such a short period right? of time. Yeah. And then you see how different restaurants responded, how yeah. they, how some of them were able to weather the storm. Some of them were able to become, and I'm not talking about the big chains because no. that's, that's a different world. That's different. They got resources and money to sit yeah. on. Yeah. 
but, but I'm talking about local small chains, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and they, they, some, they responded completely differently. Some, some people just shut down the next day. Yeah, some yeah. people said, you know, what do I do next? What, where's the opportunity? They invented themselves. Right? Yes. Right. And, yeah. and they looked for opportunity. And I always say, you know, whatever that situation is, there's an opportunity somewhere and you got to find that and then right. exploit no, that. There's no question. Change brings opportunity. I don't care what the change is. If it, it's right. seemingly a bad change and a, Difficulty that we really, as a whole society or world, a world economy faced, there's opportunities, and hopefully you weren't one of the people that died. But yeah. there's definitely there's always opportunities. It just doesn't have to be. I think when it's a a prosperous change, it's even sometimes there's less opportunity because it's just more competition and there's money flying everywhere. People are you know making bad decisions. They don't care, and then when it clears, they're like, what? Yeah. You know, what just happened? So how do you guys do your prospecting for your business? Like, how do you, how do you find these businesses? How do they find you? How do you choose them? You know, it's all, it sounds to me like you're kind of run like in a, like a quasi incubator sort of, but you're participating. That's, a, that, that's not a bad analogy actually. Okay. Um, so, so yes. Um, you know, the way, the way we get them is frankly, we have, we, we talk, there's a lot of people that come to us only because, you know, look, there's not that much upfront costs. Whenever you have a business like this, where there's not a huge amount of upfront costs, whoever is going to take the risk with you, you know, you're, you're saying, okay, well, this is just going to add to my team. You know, this, right. you know, I'm going to get people that are experienced at something. They're just going to add to my team and we're going to go forward. So we tend to have, um, a, a lot of different uh, prospects out there. And that's why I sort of- at But the you've just said, built a very big network is what- Yeah, and, and I sort of say, look, I, I said at the beginning, we, we kind of look at it as an application process um, of, of the prospect sort of saying, okay, these are the things that I have. These are the needs that I feel I have. Sure. And, and I, you know, a lot of times I'll sit there and say, well, is that really the need you have? Or is it really, you know, this kind of a thing? So- you know, I, I always give this example, that, that, which is pretty recent, you know, is is um, a, a humidifier business that, that came to us right before the like right as the pandemic hit. Um, and they were selling they're doing very well, selling a lot of units of humidifiers. And the first thing I said to them was, was well, I mean, you're in a great place right now, um, you know, with all this, you know, health situation, people right. wanting to, you know. You, you you probably are selling like hotcakes. Like, well, no, pe- people want this stuff. One, we have a big supply chain problem because we're getting supply, our stuff right. from China. Yeah, they couldn't get their stuff. We, uh, we got a big problem. Two, we, um, uh, you know, we're starting to get some bad reviews because we're not able to respond to, you know, our customers fast That's enough. We, yeah. Things are not getting as predictable. And Yeah. And, and we sat there and said, well, you know, do you, what do you have in terms of a subscription business? Because that's the first thing I go. And the first place that a lot of times small businesses miss is they're, they're very busy in new customer acquisition. Right. And they don't take advantage of the customer base that they already have. Very much um, so. And it's much cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get another Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, this is something that, that big companies have known for many, many, many years Right. Um, is it's, it's much cheaper to market and keep a customer than it is to go get a new one. Nope, and so the first, the first question is, where's your subscription business? Where's, where are the essential oils and the, and the right. filters that, that you can sell to that people they need on a monthly basis, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's the Amazon prime. We, we, I, we don't do that. 
right? I, we don't do that. Why not? That was the, that was the thing. And, and it was just something that they hadn't really put thought into because they were getting all these orders. And so putting together those types of things, and by the way, that customer um, experience, the customer, uh, the, the, that, that whole thing becomes completely different when right, you have an right, ongoing right. relationship with the customer. Correct. They're a lot less likely to turn around and give you a bad review. Right. They're going to give you second chances yep. because, because they develop relationship. a relationship with you. Yeah. yeah. And so that becomes a whole different customer experience. Right. Um, and, and so you end up having having an ongoing relationship with these customers that are that are frankly by the way your best referral source as well right um, listen well, for anybody listening don't miss the gems in the discussion i mean we talk about and you give advice to people but recurring revenue streams and the opportunity to build recurring revenue streams through subscriptions or whatever strengthens the health of a business and it takes pressure off of you as the business owner to have to like you said Kill new rabbits every month, right? To get out. The, the funny thing is, it's it's hard. No, we we created the subscription model, for example, for that business. Yeah. That yeah. thing ended up dwarfing their their the rest of their business, which is the new the new customers that they that they were supposed to get in. Uh, and and w- what we did was we actually changed that business around where we changed their where they were sourcing their uh-huh. their humidifiers. Yeah, so they weren't so dependent on global supply chains. Yeah, but but it became much more expensive for them for for a small period of time. But frankly, there was so much of a margin on the other stuff that we created that it was it was something that that was, you know, they could stomach it. And it made sense to them because that's where they're getting their new acquisitions. The funny thing was that they started getting a lot more acquisitions, uh, you know, on the on the subscription model. Than, than they did on the humidifiers. So right. new acquisitions, I'm talking, new customers that would come yeah, and say, yeah, well, yeah I need this for the humidifier. humidifier right, yeah, exactly. From someone else, right? Yeah. And so what we did was we put we we put that business together that way. Now, not only did it change the way that their, their, their um, customers viewed them, but it also changed their revenue model, as, as you mentioned, right. uh, where they have much more predictable monthly um, revenues where they can sit there and they can forecast better. They can do their hiring better because they can say, oh yeah, you know, we, we know we're going to get this every single month. Right. They can and make so different that, financial decisions. They can have absolutely. a marketing budget. Absolutely. And growth. And that's exactly growing. what happened. Yeah. Growth leads to growth. And then that, and that sweating that you see with, with the business owners that, that, right. that was there, that sweating went away because they were like, oh geez, we now have a much more reliable revenue model. Right. We can right. count on something. And then we can we can from there grow, yeah. uh, which which is which is exactly what happened with them. So that that's a, that, that's a very typical thing that happens with small businesses. They're overly focused on new customer acquisitions oh, and not ninety yeah, percent of the time. That's all they know. And and the funny thing is, they'll tell you, well, there's I can't think of anything I could have on a subscription. And I always bring up another company that we uh, that we kind of consulted with for uh, for a while. Um, that, that I worked with actually closely uh, it, and they sell um, underwear and they sell underwear on a subscription. Now I always tell people, if you, if, if there's someone selling underwear on a subscription yeah, then you, you can, sell. then your business can, can do it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I just always bring that up only because I want to have a lot of respect for, for, for exactly what they've done, but also at the same time, to say, look, absolutely, it's not not only not impossible. I think you're making a mistake by not having a subscription model 
um, because because that because of all these benefits it brings. And also, you're not thinking well enough inside of your business. Right. There's no question about it. Well, it's yeah. also part of uh, what's the word? Uh, having a keep in touch program, right? That is your keep in touch program. I mean, I Absolutely. have a mailing list with two or 3,000 people on it and they get the podcast, whatever. But I also have an estate planning. So when I do someone's will, we do things online. They have a secure vault or whatever. They pay $50 a month or whatever. It doesn't make us very much money, but it keeps them interacting yeah. with us and knowing that we're there when they need us and thinking about us every month. And then annually we review them and, you know, things like that. And, and there are businesses that whatever they can do, maybe it's not a big money maker, but what it is, is it's a customer relations program. I'm a big advocate of well, you know, I, I, those I'll tell you something else. It is Mitch. Um, as, as things constantly change in terms of getting, um, uh, getting, information on the customers that you have right yeah that email list becomes more and more important yeah. that direct relationship with your customers that's something that again bigger companies are really really they concentrating it, on right? because what happened just just now uh just last month uh what 200 billion dollar or 250 billion dollars came off of facebook's market cap simply because apple changed its privacy rules um, and and changed around. What happened was, Facebook was not able to um, get the the kinds of third party information that it was looking for. Right. Um, it's advertising. They were having some trouble with their advertising. And sure enough, you know, just because of something Apple did, Facebook had a big negative sitting on its books. So. You know what that tells you is that direct relationship that you're developing with your with your clients, despite the fact that right now it may not be bringing a huge amount of revenue. That that can be absolute gold oh. if if and when you you want to actually use it for marketing. Right. Um, and so I, I always say it is incredibly important to to keep that relationship, to keep developing um, that that direct relationship with your with your customers, because that no one can take away from you. Right. You know, Apple can change its rules. The other one can do the other. And you still have that direct relationship. It's like you and me talking right now. Yeah. Right. That that's the that's the it's incredibly important. And, and again, it's something that comes kind of naturally, as you mentioned with a subscription model um, that, that you may not be thinking about otherwise. Yeah, no, but there's, if you read any articles about the secrets of, you know, building a, a viable business or even making your podcast successful, let's say, right. The number one thing they'll tell you is build a mailing list. Now it used to be a mailing list. Now it's an emailing list and it's much easier to do things and automate. I have systems. Like if you make an appointment with me, you're on the podcast, I do a, a networking zoom meeting. My system automatically takes your email, adds it to my mailing list, you start getting, I think it's five or six emails yeah. about my practice. You can yes. unsubscribe at any time, but most people don't. And then they start hearing about the podcast. And then you know what happens? Someone listens to you. And then somebody else has a conversation with someone else and says, oh, yeah, yeah you should put up a subscription. I was listening to Mitch and Sean talking and it all kind of, and it's it's not magic, but it happens because of you're doing it regularly. You're giving information to your customers. You're reminding them that you're there. They're paying you yes. a small fee every month, whatever it is. And all that magic starts coming together, you know? Yeah. And it, 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 and that's the thing. You don't need to be selling and you shouldn't be selling all the time to 
that email list. Um, you, you just need to keep in contact and develop that relationship. You can sell, but but I, I always, every time we're involved with this, like, no, 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 no. We're not doing a thing where we're constantly selling, 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 selling. Right. That kind of a thing ends up, you know, um, in most situations, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah not, not being productive uh, yeah. completely. There's a great book. I love one of my favorite books. It's a very short book. It's called The Referral of a Lifetime. And okay. um, it's all about building a keep in touch program and, you know, keeping in touch with your customers. And why are you always looking for new business when it's right there in front of you? Like you yeah. said, yeah. And yeah. you see that. So you're obviously valuable to the people that you interact with. And, you know, I think you're a magic man. You're like, well, what, why wouldn't you do this? But you're right. <laughs> Sometimes people just get, I mean, look, that's why you have a coach or a mentor, whatever, because you can't see past the yeah. forest for the trees. You can't do that on your own. You need other people to say, hey, I'm not affected by your business. I'm not stressed out at, at night because I'm, you're not making a sale tomorrow. I can take a look at it and say, hey, we can do this and we can do it systematically. We do it methodically and we can build value together and you benefit yes. from that too. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I said. Like a lot of times that's with, with small and medium sized businesses. It's sure. not that they don't know. It's not that they're not, they, they, you know, they're doing something badly. It's that they, they've done something, something is working for them and they want to keep doing it. And you tend to get tunnel vision a lot tunnel of times vision, with that. Right. And you, you also tend to, you know, I mean, you, you only, there's only one of the person a lot of times. There's only so much right. of the team out there. And putting together all these different programs becomes kind of daunting. It becomes overwhelming. We put all of that together where we develop sales channels that are that according to the means of the business. Meaning if, if it's a situation where, okay, you know what, why don't we do one step at a time? Let's, let's start this sales channel. Then in three right. months, we're going to do this other one. We're going right. to do this form of marketing strategic and planning, strategic right. building, right? Right. And so, you know, it's not, so not every business needs to, you know, suddenly go crazy and, uh, and open up all these different avenues of, um, right. you know, as a matter of fact, it probably won't work, right? Something will, it's like building a house of cards and then it all falls down. You got to build each piece Absolutely. at a time. So if, so if people want to, like, how do you normally work with, with a business? You find a business, do you invest in that business? Are they paying you a monthly fee? Does it vary across the board? Um, it's it's kind of across the board, um, but mostly the way we do it is we come in, like I said, with, with uh, we create a new venture. Uh, we are um, usually when we uh, get involved, we're happy to actually uh, invest um, ourselves. We put in our, our own money and our own people. Into the new venture. Um, so you meet a business owner and say, hey, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing. We can build a separate business that's a B2C business, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So they, a lot of times they're a B2B because they have a wholesale network or a distributor network. And we say, okay, you know what? That's fine. That's you. And it's right. going great and keep doing it. And what we want to do is we're going to, we're going to do this. And here, here are the benchmarks, here are the projections. And we will collect out of that uh, our share of it just as a business owner. And, um, and we will make it uh, extremely successful. And if we don't, then, you know, we get nothing out of it. You know, we've, we've ended up, we lose out. Right. uh, Really. Now, do you, are you like uh, you're, you're, I don't know if it's just you or a group of you own parts of all kinds of businesses, or do you have like an exit strategy where you say, okay, fine we'll build this up and then you buy us out over time and then we move on. And what's the whole. Um, I, I'm never a person uh, one. Yeah. I have a whole team um, and, and, and I'm never a person uh, that uh, thinks of exiting. 
Um, it's just not my style. So it's not something that's top of mind. That doesn't mean that we don't, we, we won't sell our interest or we won't. Right, but it's we, not a goal from the beginning, at some right. point. Yeah. It's not something that, that we're thinking at the very beginning, right. uh, at the very beginning, it's like, Oh, this is a great opportunity. We can do this and this, and together we can, you know, we, we can do something great. Um, and then, you know, how it develops and where it goes from there is, is sort of, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I definitely don't think of it in terms of an exit. Okay. So how, how many businesses are you running and involved with right now? Active, actively, actively, um, there's, uh, where, where I'm, I'm running them is, is about, um, six of them now. Um, okay. that's better than 60. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't make sense. Right, uh, right, right. From, so you're very particular then what projects you take on and what businesses you get involved with. If, if it's, if it's a joint venture like that, absolutely. Because there's only so many you can do. Um, right. But if it's a situation where we're consulting on specific things, yeah, uh, that, that that's a much different model for us. And it's actually different members of my team that get involved with that. Um, I have more limited involvement when it comes to something like that. Uh, because I actually love getting, you know, rolling my sleeves up and, and, right. and getting into a business and really like getting a feel for it and, and seeing how, how to grow it. Um, but uh, we certainly do have a, a consulting arm that, that we use. Like I said, it's education, con- consultation and investment. So we certainly do have that. Uh, and then um, it, that's, a, that's a kind of a little bit of a different model than that, where we can be a lot more liberal with the number of businesses that we get involved in. So how can people learn about you, interact with you? What's the best way to, to connect with you? We'll put it in the show notes, but. Okay. So, so, you know what, I, you know, my, my, you know how my, my last name is spelled kind of funky. Right. So what I did was I took that out. So I said, here we go. Connect with Sean.com. Oh, good. Uh, and S-H-A-W-N, right? S-H-A-W-N. That's right. Um, and, and so that way you can connect with me directly. Actually, for um, your audience, um, what what I have is a little ebook that that uh, we put together uh, that I'm happy to uh, provide them uh, for free uh, sure. if they just get on connectwithshawn.com. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's an ebook that talks about how to anything proof. It it was inspired by COVID, but once we 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 wrote it, we said, you know what, this applies to a lot of things. So we said, okay, how to anything proof your business? Oh, That's like what that. really it's all about. And um, I'm happy to offer that uh, for free to your uh, uh, audience. Uh, they can connect, connect with Sean.com. Uh, I wrote that down. I like that. Anything proof your business. That's a good, yeah. one. Should, yeah. uh, you should file a trademark on that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my, my business is also ePlaybooks.com. Um, ePlaybooks.com. Yeah. So um so yeah, so that's the company that actually sits there and joint ventures with people that that also um, does some consultation and education. But if you want to direct with, directly connect with me, it's connectwithshawn.com. Very good. You're on LinkedIn too. Yes, sir. Okay, um, isn't everybody it's, right? It's my 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 first name and last name. I don't know what that that link well, is. Well, they can do a search. They'll figure it out because your name will be <laughs> in, the, in the episode, so they'll yeah they'll figure yeah. it out. And do you still own? Uh, you still have real estate holdings and stuff that you're maybe not as active in, but. I actually, uh, I actually do, and and I'm actually uh, actively buying right now. Oh, well, uh, it's um, a good time to buy, right? It, it, yeah, to me, it, if you're doing the right thing, if you're doing it right, it's always good to sell and it's always good to buy. Uh, real That's estate a good is, point. is a very good place to be in. <laughs> right, just depends um, on the so, niche, right? Yeah, so we're actually actively looking um, 
uh, right now uh, and, and and making purchases uh, that hopefully make sense. Um, yeah, so that's 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 something that I, I continue to be involved in. All right, well, Sean, I appreciate you spending you know almost an hour with me from cold but sunny California. It's like <laughs> thirteen here. No, it's probably like thirty. Here, that's, 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 it is, that's, it is cold. That's it is colder than it is in my fridge. Yeah, exactly. It is for coat weather, but uh, you know, I appreciate it. So please, let's stay in touch, share ideas, it's absolutely keep, a helping people, pleasure. keep helping people the way you help people, and uh, thanks right. for spending time with me. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and many of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted and produced by me, Mitch Beinhacker. If you'd like more information about my legal services, you can find me on social media or visit my website at beinhackerlaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.